Hello, everybody out there. It's Divorce Devil episode 16. We have Brenda still on the mic after doing an episode of Raising Games, and we're going to talk about divorce before, during, and after. So, take it away, Brenda. Hey. Yeah, so divorce before, during, and after. There you go. We can, we can start with before. Before. Yeah. I remember, um, well, I have been separated. I was separated four years ago, divorced three years ago. Um, never thought kind of came, came out of nowhere in some ways. There were some warning signs, but definitely um, wasn't something that I was expecting. And I remember one of the first thi- first things that hit me was just um, what access to resources do I have to help me help me through this time that's a teacher inside of you (laughs) definitely be prepared oh yeah prepared prepared. get an outline (laughs) where's my big chief tablet that's right (laughs) how does this work what are the steps um so yeah it was important to me to to make sure that i you know could access whatever resources i need i relied on my family a lot and um i remember feeling like i might not have access to financial resources so how do i get set up for that so that I can start to kind of operate on my own. Um, but important to, to lean into to the resources that are available to you. And for some people, those resources are limited, but because they don't have family close by or um, causes financial strain or you're just emotionally spinning. Oh, yeah. And, and you can't even think straight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How did you find a lawyer? Something simple like that. You know, um, we didn't end up using a lawyer. We just filed independently on our own. But I did do a consultation with a lawyer. And through work, I had access to an employee assistance program that I never thought I would use. Because, you know, they talk about those things and you think, I don't need need a counselor or, you know, a lawyer. I'm good. But I, I called my human resources office and just said, what? What do, how do I access this? And so because of that program, I got a free consultation with a lawyer. And, and then I think I also had like access to three counseling sessions or something. But yeah, so then I, wow. I contacted that program and they gave me a list of different lawyers. And I did, I did meet with him just because I had some questions and um, he kind of helped me get get my thoughts together and get squared away. And, but then we ended up going through the process on our own, which was easier because we were, yeah, yeah. That's what I hear. I have friends who have spent like $50,000 just on their, their side of (laughs) the the divorce lawyer fees. But yeah, so we were, we were pretty amicable and we were able to um, agree on most things. So that makes it, you know, my lawyer was a re- referred by a friend of a friend, and okay. it didn't turn out too well. You know, it was what it was, because yeah. that was my first time. Yeah. And um, looking back on it now, since I'm weathered, not that I'm going to do it again, but I'll be ready. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope you don't have to be I'll, ready. I'll but. be ready. I'm going to have a prenup of the prenup, because yeah, I ain't got nothing. Right? So you get nothing, I get nothing. <laughs> the prenup says nobody gets nothing. Nobody gets nothing. <laughs> I've heard people say though, if you if you don't like your lawyer, find another one. Like, oh it's, man, it's worth it to keep looking for one that you. Yeah, like. Yeah, one of my friends said that 
divorces sometimes are expensive because they're worth it. Yeah, you just want to divorce. How do you grab all your emotions and try to harness them? You know, people talk about that monkey brain mm-hmm. where the brain just goes zoom, zoom, zoom. How did you let's harness those emotions and just keep going forward? That's That was one of the toughest things for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to find an outlet that works for you. Like some people, it's really, you know, physically aggressive things, whether running or I heard a story about someone who would go to garage sales and buy like really cheap china or pottery and just go smash it. And that was how she got yeah. out her aggression. Um, for me, I, I had my kids full time from the get go. And so there weren't a lot of opportunities for me to work through my emotions publicly because they were always around. But, um, my parents would sometimes be over. And the first time my emotions kind of hit me in an overwhelming way, I said to them, um, I I need to go get gas in my car. And my mom was like, you do, you do. And I got that like, choked up, you know, my eyes filled with tears. And she said to me, honey, you go get gas wherever you need to get gas. (laughs) Durango. (laughs) You just drive for as long as you need to. And so that was, that kind of became our code word um, when I needed a moment. Yeah. I need to go, go put gas in the car. And they knew that that, that might mean that that was going to be a half hour trip to go get Mm -hmm. gas in the car. With anything, you know, your village steps in, you know, friends. I had some really good friends. Family-wise, it didn't work for me, but my friends really stepped in. Mm-hmm. And, and those friends are still good friends to this day. Yeah. And, and you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, your your friends that are married. And and they try to help, but sometimes they don't have a clue. Yeah. And all you want is just to be listened to, be yes. heard, and yes. just keep up the self-esteem. And fair enough that they don't get it, right? Yeah. Like, you would never yeah, wish fault. that yeah. upon them. And yeah. so... They don't know what to say, and sometimes that makes you. Some of the stuff they say mad. is like oh, like it's outrageous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like I I remember I had one friend. They were couple a couple, and they really really meant well. But they you know they told me oh you just need to pray more about it, and I wanted to punch <laughs> them in the face. Like <laughs> are you kidding me right now? But no, you're you're right. You have to find your village. And we spend so much of our life being independent and kind of not needing to lean into other people. But when you're going through a divorce, that's yeah. one time when you have to lean and your friends want to be there for you. So So did you go through divorce recovery during or after? I went through divorce recovery um a year after I separated. So it okay. was towards the tail end of my divorce being finalized. That's what I did. Mine and was tail end. Yeah. It was a pivotal moment in my Mine was process. final on the fifth week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mine yeah. was final like two months after yeah. it ended. So yeah. Yeah. And I, it, remarkable, remarkable in my recovery process. And how important was divorce recovery? Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. How can yeah. you tell listeners out there? To get seek help with with other divorcee people, you know, divorce recovery, divorce care. There's all sorts of words for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, you have to. Like i I think it, I think if you don't, you will find yourself going back and rehashing some of those issues oh, way yeah. more than you want to. Just get it out on the table. And the hardest thing is taking the first step towards it. I remember the first night walking into that first session, that big room with all those people. And it was like, oh, God, I it's don't like the first day here. of kindergarten. It yeah. is. It's yeah. just like the first day it of is. kindergarten. It is. <laughs> and I was there because my best friend was also going through a divorce. And she was like, come on, we're going to go do this together. So I at least had her and we walked in together. 
But I still remember sitting down thinking, I don't want to be here. And then when you realize all the people in this room are going through the same yeah. thing I'm going through, like it just builds, it's kind of instant camaraderie. For me, it was that first uh, session of the small group. Mm-hmm. And everybody told their stories like, wow, maybe my stuff's not so bad. Right. Because there's some interesting stories. Crazy and stories. And you just think about yeah. it. It's like, okay, I was bitching about my stuff. My, yeah, I'm... I'm all right. Yeah. 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 And no, I don't remember if it was you who said it or somebody else. No two divorce stories are ever the same. No. Not even. They all have their own their own stuff. So the middle. So going through the divorce. Yeah. Um, so when I was going through my divorce, the best piece of advice I got was a friend who told me to be cognizant of my take backs. And I was like, take backs? What, is, what does that mean? And she told me just to be aware of those things, whether they were tangible things or emotional things or experiences that for whatever reason were either really good memories or really good memory, really bad memories, but I needed to take them back and make them my own. And at the time I didn't really understand what she was talking about. Um, but the very first take back that I wrote down in my journal was when I moved all of my stuff into the other half of the closet. So it had been shared space and then he emptied all of his stuff out and it stayed that way for a long time because I just wasn't really sure what what to do. do. And so the day that I decided to take back the closet, I was like, oh, I get it. I get what she was talking about. And so wrote it down in my journal. Today, I'm taking back the closet, moved all of my stuff into the other half. That's a big closet. I had a big closet. Now I don't have to share with anybody. Um, and then the, the next thing was um, more of an experience. So it was traveling with my kids because we had always traveled together as a family unit. And so the thought of now traveling by myself with my kids was overwhelming and scary mm-hmm. and exciting all at the same time. And so um, the first trip we took was to Ohio to visit some friends who had moved away. And it was fantastic. We had such a great time. And um, so that was the next thing I wrote down in my journal. Like, I took back traveling with my kids today. That, so that was more of an experience and like a tangible thing. And, and it's almost you want to keep it congruent. You want to keep, keep it the same, you know. Yeah. 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 And then the third big one was family pictures. So that experience of recreating, you know, I had to take down all those family pictures off the wall. And now how do I fill that big empty space? And so we did another set of family pictures, you know, just the three of us. And so that was the third big thing that I wrote down in my journal. Today I'm taking back family pictures. And so I have new pictures to put up on the wall of the three of us. So did you take down the pictures before you had family pictures or not until you had family pictures I made. took them down before. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's painful. Oh, it's yeah. a painful process. And, you know, I, I remember my kids saying, why did you take down that picture of you and daddy and us? <laughs> and yeah, I just, yep. those are, those are all, you know, Daddy's no longer in the family unit. Yeah. 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 And you're going through it. So I, I kept one tub of either pictures or items that I thought maybe my kids might one want day later. want. Yes. And so um, one one tub of them, it's tucked away in the guest bedroom under the bed, so I don't have to think about it or worry about it. But 
one day. I knew I didn't, even though I wanted to throw them away, actually, I wanted to bonfire them in the backyard. Um, <laughs> but I knew that one day I would want to be able to offer that to my kids, whether they want it or not. Yeah. And so. I found, I was going through some boxes a couple months ago, and I found the cake topper, the wedding cake uh-huh. topper. Uh-huh. And before I tossed it, I was like, let me ask my daughter. So my daughter came by and got it. Oh. Yeah, so here you go. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Some of those things you never know. And, you know, then we talk about kids and their reaction. You know, your your kids were younger. Mm-hmm. Mine were older. And uh, I tell people that kids, not that they get over it, not that they heal. Give me a hand here. They work through it They work through it quicker, yeah. 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 Definitely. So my my oldest was, uh, had just turned seven, six or seven at the time. And my youngest... Um, my ex left the day before his third birthday. So my youngest, there weren't a whole lot of conversations to have with him, but my oldest, I, I took him out to dinner. Um, I let him pick. So he picked Texas Roadhouse and we went out to dinner and during the, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, so in the course of the conversation, I, I just said to him, do you have, are there friends in your class whose parents are divorced? Yeah, there my friends who are, you know, whose parents are divorced and what does that mean? You know, their mom and their dad live in separate houses and and I kind of used that as my in mm-hmm. to tell him that his dad and I were going to be getting a divorce and you know, a lot of parents take the route of um we both still love you, we just don't love each other and I I didn't want to take that route because I didn't want him to ever interpret no love. No love yeah. anywhere. And so I just my what I chose to tell him was, it's still my job to be the best mom I can be, and it's still your dad's job to be the best dad he can be. And my son was kind of like, eh, is my cheeseburger here yet? You know, he just, that was his reaction. <laughs> and so, you were like this. <laughs> yeah, right. But then I remember afterwards, I took him to Toys R Us, and he was going to get a toy. And right as he was getting out of the car, he puked all over the Toys R Us parking lot. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was nerves because Mm -hmm. of this conversation we just had or if he was getting sick um and i i don't know i think he was probably getting sick i don't think it was nerves but to this day he's like i don't want to go to texas roadhouse (laughs) i don't blame him (laughs) (laughs) wow so and they you know sometimes they will still ask why aren't we going to do you know all of this together Mm -hmm. and and I just tell him, it's important for you to get to spend time with your dad, just like you get to spend time with, with me. me. So those are tough. Sometimes they catch you off guard. And, yeah. um, but being honest is important and being age appropriate is important. Mm-hmm. And not In the kid. middle, we were doing a week, week on, week off. And man, those weeks they were gone. That was tough. Hard, I yeah. mean, for like God, for almost a year, I think. I, it, was, it was so hard for yeah. them to leave for that week because we did Sunday through Sunday. We uh, transferred every Sunday. And uh, at the first time, my daughter was driving, so she would drive them over, so I didn't have to drop them off. So I never went through the process of dropping them off. Mm-hmm. So I, I think from that standpoint, it wasn't that tough for me. But when they left the house, it was like, man, yeah. it was like crickets. Yeah. Like, Dang. I agree. Yeah, I, I have my kids full time, but when they go, I will never forget the first time I put them in the car to go with their dad. And um, they didn't want to go. They were crying and... Uh, it was just such a horrifying yeah. feeling. I hated every minute of it. And same thing, you know, I sometimes I'm a little envious of parents who have shared custody because mm-hmm. 
you get a few days to catch your breath. That's and I, I was getting ready to say. So, so after that year, there was some times I couldn't wait for them to go. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a bad dad. I can't yeah. wait for them to go away no, for a but week. Then, but yeah. then when they left, did you yeah. find yourself a little bit like, like you said, like, yeah. oh, man, now I miss them. Yeah. That's what I would do. Like, please just go with your dad for an hour. Like, please. Yeah. And then. The car would drive away, and I'd think, like, I crickets. my kids back. God, there's no sound in the house. <laughs> yeah. Crickets. No one's calling my name. Mom, 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 Exactly. Mom. Can you do this? Can I have that? Can you get me that? Yeah. Oh. You miss it. You miss it for sure. So then we transfer to the post-divorce. <laughs> you know, finding your new reality, yeah. all those things that they say in divorce recovery. We had a meeting two nights ago, and the thing I remember was he talked about having energy. Mm-hmm. Always being putting energy, into, putting energy to move forward because you got to yeah. move forward. Yeah. You know, you know, some people get divorced and they don't move forward. Mm-hmm. They just stay in that Easy rut. Get stuck. Yeah, yeah. Because you were known as him and her. Now you just her. Yeah, and, and you have to go from that. Right. So, what are some of the things with that? You know, one of the things that um, they encouraged us to do in one of the sessions when they talked about creating your new reality was writing down some goals, even if they seemed lofty. Um, and so I, because I am a teacher and a bit of a goal setter, I set some really short-term goals. Like what do I want right now? And then I also set some long-term goals. So as silly as it sounds to say now, my four like short-term goals were, I wanted to get a dog. I wanted to put, um, curtains up in my dining room. Cause that's something that my former spouse would never allow. I wanted a garden in my backyard and I wanted flowers in my front yard. So they were short, like tangible, able to be accomplished. And I did it. I did all four of those things. And then I could look back and say, look, I did it. Like I have a garden. I have flowers in the front. I have gorgeous drapes in the dining room. (laughs) Why can't you have drapes in the dining room? Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Whole nother podcast. Great question. Great All right. Question. I do have drapes. In the oh, yeah. Hey. Um, and then for my long-term goals, it's funny because I just found my packet from when I went through divorce recovery. And my loft, or my long-term goals seemed so lofty then. But I wrote down, like, there was a debt that I wanted to pay off. I wanted to start saving for the boys' college. I wanted to buy a new car in 2016. And... I can't remember what my last one was, um, but I just found my packet and I did it. I did all of those things and I even tied dates to them, which is really scary. Um, and I accomplished them by the time frame that I said I wanted to accomplish them by. So I remember them saying like, there's power in writing your goals down in helping yourself become who you want to become. And when I first wrote them down, I thought, this is crazy. I'm never going to be able to do this. And I did it. I did it. And now I can look back and say, check, I did that. Boom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, one of the things I did was uh, getting two meaningless relationships. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. A whole nother podcast. How did that work for you? Um, you know, that's that, that, that's that rebounding thing with heat. Um, it's, it, it was interesting. You hit and miss. Um, that's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a different Friday for sure. What do you think you were hoping to accomplish during that time though? What were you looking for in that process? Just something to fill the 
void. Probably all that. Fill the void. Um, you know, you're lonely. My kids were in high school, so they were around much. Uh, you're lonely. Got a whole plethora of things. It's mm-hmm. like, man. So, and I was talking with Pete last time, you know, I, I said that that loneliness can blind your your judgment and start making wrong decisions mm-hmm. and and staying things too long and yeah. you know it ain't Just working. It was like stay too long. For sake of filling that. I got nothing else to do. What you got to do? I got nothing else to do. So, yeah. So, how do you know when you've moved past those bad decisions? Is it happen over time or is there a moment in time that you say, I'm done with that. I'm going to change my focus. That's a good question. <laughs> I know. Put me on the spot on my own podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Teachers love that answer, don't they? I don't know. Right. Well, Johnny, why don't you figure it out? Why don't you go, right. to the board to, uh, yeah, go, go to the whiteboard? Let me Try go to the whiteboard. Yeah, let me go to the whiteboard and put the relationship down. <laughs> No, but I tell people that you learn from relationships and, and friendships and, um, even if they're bad, cause you figure out what you don't want, you, you figure out what you do want. And, uh, Jeff and I were talking this morning uh, about relationships and, and he was like, you know, I don't want to get a bad one. I said, yeah, but, but if you do get a bad one, you still figure out what you don't want. So yep. you actually learn from something. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, you know, from, from the pretense of my dad, my dad wasn't a, a real good father. But he was the best father he could be, mm-hmm. but, he, but he taught me what not to do. So from that standpoint, I was a better father with my kids mm-hmm. by figuring out what not to do, what my dad did with me. Absolutely. Yeah. And even, I mean, since my divorce, I feel like I've kind of run the gamut from really bad relationships to really good relationships. And I try to view every single one of them for the gifts that they gave me rather yep. than the pain that they caused yep. me. And even my divorce, that truly is how I view my divorce. I my two greatest gifts are my boys, you know, that came from that divorce. And so I try to stay focused on the gifts that it gave me because otherwise I can spiral to a very dark place. You'd be down the rabbit hole, man. The monkey Mm -hmm. brain will take over. It'd be all over. Yeah, absolutely. And even, even relationships I've had since then, like they've, they've still given me gifts, whether I've learned about myself or I've identified what I don't want. Um, They've all taught me lessons and, and been important to my story and my journey. So they fulfill a chapter. <laughs> Good or bad, it doesn't Some know. Either 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 it's green or it's red, but your chapter, baby. Yep, that's right. Oh that's man. Right. Well, we gotta cut this one short. We are glad to have Brenda back for a second podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you later. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye. Bye bye.